Well, welcome to all of you this day as we gather together for worship across time and space and place on this, our first Sunday in Lent. Um, we enter into that season of the church year where we're a little more solemn and a little bit uh, more focused on the need and our need, the world's deep need for the cross of Christ and what God is going to accomplish and reconcile to God's self through the cross of Christ. Um, to keep in prayer this week is the family of Bowen Bushlow, who is going to be baptized at Our Savior's this Sunday. We give thanks to God for the promises that God will make to Bowen and to his family as he is washed and born, in, born again in the waters of baptism. We begin our worship. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God who writes the law on our hearts, who draws all people together through Jesus. Amen. Held in God's mercy, let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Holy God, we confess that we are caught in snares of sin and cannot break free. We hoard resources while our neighbors are hungry and cold. We speak in ways that silence others. We are silent when we should speak up. We keep score in our hearts. We let hurts grow into hatred. For all these things and for sins only you know. Forgive us, Lord. Amen. Here is a flood of grace. Our love for the whole... Out of love for the whole world, God draws near to us, breaks every snare of sin, washes away our wrongs, and restores the promise of life through Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, Heavenly Father, in the waters of the flood you saved the chosen, and in the wilderness of temptation you protected your son from sin. Renew us in the gift of baptism. May your holy angels be with us, that the wicked foe may have no power over us. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our first reading today is from Genesis, the ninth chapter. God said to Noah and to his sons with him, As for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth, and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh, and the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is the Holy Gospel according to Mark, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. 
In those days Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. One of the hard things about Mark's Gospel is that because it is so short, you have to really pay attention to fully grasp the significance of what is going on, because if you blink, you'll miss it. In fact, one of the most important parts of this section is only given five words. Now, after John was arrested. And while the writer of Mark may not spend much time here with this information, this was a significant event in the lives of the people of this day. John had been going around proclaiming that the Messiah was coming and he was baptizing people. Mark's gospel says that all of the people were of Jerusalem were going out to John. John was an important and significant leader for the people and his arrest would have caused the people to feel uneasy and nervous. John is arrested and eventually killed by King Herod, the puppet arm of Rome in Jerusalem. John is killed for a number of reasons, one of them being that he and his followers looked too much like a threat to the Roman Empire. John's arrest and death are not just to punish John, but to warn and threaten his followers that if they don't settle down, they will meet the same fate. And while we only hear of John's arrest in our story today, his death is told later on in chapter 6. Uh, the people would have known what was coming. They knew that by being arrested, John's days were, numbers, were numbered, which makes Jesus' proclamation, these the very first words Jesus speaks in Mark, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. They seem a little out of touch. The kingdom of God has come near? Where? How? Believe in the good news? What good news? John is to be made an example of what happens when you tick off Rome. Times are tense. Rome is still in power and oppressing the Jewish people. The kingdom of God feels far away, and the idea of good news feels improbable and impossible. And even for us today, these words from Jesus can still feel out of touch. Jesus' words were not just for that particular time and place, but are for all times and all places and all peoples. But we and our siblings around the world are still asking, where is the kingdom of God? What good news could possibly exist? Where is the kingdom of God? Where is the good news in the Holy Land? Where is the kingdom of God? Where is the good news in our contentious political climate? Where is the kingdom of God? Where is the good news in so many of our own relationships and situations that we each are navigating? And throughout the Bible and throughout all of time, the kingdom of God and the good news of God consistently show up in the most unlikely of places, in the most unlikely of times, 
in the most unlikely of ways. And in the midst of fear and tensions over John's arrest and eventual death, Jesus is healing people and forgiving people and restoring them back to God, to community, and to life. It is an unlikely place, an unlikely time, and an unlikely way. And Jesus is still doing this today, bringing hope for all of the world. Jesus does this through the voices that call for peace and mutual understanding. Jesus does this when someone is able to practice patience. Jesus does this when someone chooses kindness over hate. Jesus does this for the sake of the whole world, for you and for me, by dying on the cross. Unlikely place, unlikely time, unlikely way. In his dying and rising, Jesus transforms the cross, that ultimate symbol of shame and humiliation, into life and freedom for you and me and the whole world. In Jesus, the kingdom of God has come near. Jesus is the good news that we put our faith, our trust in. It is the transformational power of the cross that gives you and I the strength to go out each day and proclaim in word and deed that the kingdom of God is here that good news exists for the world. In Jesus, we have a hope that can never be removed from us no matter what is going on around us. In Jesus, God knows all of ours and the world's deep pain and promises to never leave us. This is the promise, the hope, that li the life that we have each been baptized into and that Bowen will be baptized into at our Savior's later. God does not break God's promises. Jesus' words are as true for the people then as they are for you today. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. You are God's beloved. Christ is with you always. Amen. We will sing together the hymn now, Wash, O God, Our Sons and Daughters.
With the whole church, let us confess our faith in the words of the apostles in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Gathered together into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace. You are God's beloved. Thanks be to God.